I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, bun buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm your host, Zalza Zane, and with me is my partner and webmistress, Kim. This week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 8, Art Crawl, and enjoying a delicious Poblano Picasso burger and testing our knowledge with trivia. And just a quick peek behind the curtain, I check our analytics of our listeners to a near-obsessive degree. As of this recording, September 19th, we have 38 listens across all of our episodes, which Woo! is amazing. Ow! And we have a special shout out to our number one Polish fan. You know who you are. We received that listen from someone in Katowice, which is in the district of Silesia. Good job. I also want to say thank you to all of our friends who are listening who have never seen Bob's Burgers before, but now some of them are watching obsessively. I expect Lauren Bouchard to like send us a card or something and be like, thanks so much for giving us four more viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe mid-season we'll interview some of those friends who have never seen it before and let us know how this podcast has changed their lives. That's a good idea. Let's get on with the episode. All right, let's get into the episode. As we've stated, this is season one, episode eight, Art Crawl, and it aired on March 20th, 2011. It has an IMDb rating of eight out of 10, which is appropriate. I actually really enjoy this episode. It is directed by Kyung Hee Lim, who also directed another one of my favorite episodes, Crawl space and it was written by Lizzie Molyneux and Wendy Molyneux who have written an episode previously and are also the creators of The Great North. Really? The Great North? That is a great show. It is a great show that's very similar animation style to Bob's Burgers except it's about a family in Alaska. Another very family centric animated show where everybody loves each other even though they go through their various struggles. Yeah and they're a bunch of weirdos. Yep that's the best part. There's a lot of first appearances in this episode and it's very very exciting for me. It is the first appearance of Linda's sister, Gail, who is voiced by Megan Mullally, who is one of my favorite comedians. People will know her as Tammy Number One in Parks and Rec, who is married to Ron Swanson and runs the public library, or as Karen from Will and Grace. She's actually also married to Nick Offerman, who plays Beef in The Great North. So it's like this weird association of shows via family members, which I also think is pretty cool. Yay nepotism. <laughs> Megan Mulally also has a band called Nancy and Beth which are pretty cool and you guys should check out. It is also the first appearances of Ollie and Andy. They are the brother of Jimmy Jr. Not that we know in this particular episode but we learn that later and they are voiced by comedian Sarah Silverman and her older sister Laura Silverman who was also associated with the show Home Movies. So again this sort of like Venn diagram of Great North, Bob's Burgers, Home Movies. Once you're in the biz, they're calling you back no matter how many times you try and get out. I don't think anyone would get out. If I worked for Bob's Burgers, man, I would never leave. I would firmly wedge myself in that button. Be a voice actor on all the shows associated with it forever. Yeah, why wouldn't you? That's my dream. It is also <laughs> the first appearance of the Cranwinkles, Edith and Harold. Interesting fact, this is one of the few times where people are credited as doing multiple voices. So Edith Cranwinkle is voiced by Larry Murphy, who we know to play Teddy. And Harold Cranwinkle is played by Sam Cedar, who does the voice of Hugo from the first episode. Really? Yeah. He also does the voice of one of the police officers later on in the episode. Good times. It is also the first and only appearance by Red, aka Devin Mick. Shh. 
shut up, nobody cares. McJimsey, who was one of the office coordinators on the show. Interesting fact, this character is later renamed Michael Carlish and has a different voice and different clothing. So basically, is a different character. And let's move <laughs> along. Let's go to the synopsis. Linda's eccentric sister Gail comes to town intending to use the restaurant as a gallery for her paintings during this year's art crawl. Bob is left totally oblivious to the comically explicit nature of Gail's artwork until it's too late. Anus. Way better than last week where it had five different synopses and none of them were right. They were approximately 75% right. It just had the weird espionage part. So we get into the opening gags. The store next door is Attempted Great French Cooking School. It's not a great joke. Yeah, it's a little... Yeah. And... Van Watch. Our exterminator van is Rats All Folks continuing the saga. When you say I'm too loud in the podcast. I didn't spike it, not mine. (laughs) More Rats All Folks because apparently they can't come up with a better joke. How many times can I slip in the word anus without people knowing? Let's find out, anus. So we open up on on Ocean Drive, which is where Bob's Burgers, Jimmy Pesto's, and Wonder Wharf is. Actually, Ocean Drive ends in Wonder Wharf. You know, being that close to Wonder Wharf, I'm surprised that Bob doesn't get more business. It seems like there are shenanigans every week that prevents him from actually selling hamburgers. That is fair. Like anuses on the wall. Just a lot of anuses everywhere. Just bright pink anuses plastered all over his walls. Just a lot of anus. You're just given the goat here on, on the entire episode. I feel like there needs to be like a little anus counter. If this bing. was on YouTube, it'd be like a bing. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you find me a butt bing, I will bing it every time you say it. <laughs> bing, bing. Can't you just use that sound clip? Bing. <laughs> Don't use it, it's fine. You need a double bing? Anus. Bing, bing, bing. Good. Bing. It should just be one. It should just be bing. So we find Bob and the three children uh, wandering down Ocean Drive. Maybe that's also why he's not selling hamburgers because he's not in the restaurant. It is art week. The art crawl is happening and there is a lot of art out there including don't be crabby you're at the beach. I also would have liked don't be crabby you beach. That would have wow. been funny. Uh, and also another painting with you go gull and a seagull was on it. That was funny. It felt very live laugh love honestly. Bob is talking about how everything is very, very bad. Jean actually makes a gag sound. Tina quietly whispers to herself that she thinks that they're good. You know, I don't understand art. I've been to museums, I've been to galleries, I've been to all that, and art just doesn't do anything for me. So I feel like this kind of art would be even worse. Yeah, you wouldn't even find amusement in it? Only in the amusement of mocking it with friends and family and you. So basically what Bob and the kids are doing? Exactly. Great, cool, yeah. I am actually a fan of art in general. That was one of the things I did when I went to New York as I hit a museum. Well, museums. and got to see some of my favorite painters. The Natural Art Museum in New York? Uh, nope. I went to the Museum of Modern Art, which is also called MoMA. Oh, the Museum of Modern History. Yep. Anyways, Anus, <laughs> let's move on. Bob talks about how they are a loose definition of art. And I mean, really, they're kind of just like kitschy art or like knick-knacky type of stuff. You know, the stuff you would find at Michael's, but worse. Dollar store, maybe? Comes with the frame art. Comes with the frame art. 
Perfect. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Poor adorable Tina. She actually suggests that they go to a museum and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just make fun of this stuff, which I kind of appreciate. It actually reminded me a lot of my family. That's kind of what my family is like. We like to poke fun, not just at other things, but also ourselves. You know, they really get into that. They uh, start making fun of each other and having a whole big tea spill over each other. Do you not have it written down? Some of it. Oh, okay. You look like a deer in headlights. You're looking at me like, okay, say something right now. Yeah, be funny. Let's do <clears throat> it. Anus. Bing. <laughs> um... Yeah, so they get into basically why they can't make fun of Aunt Gail's art because she's family, right? So that's the part that really resonated with me. My brother made fun of me basically anytime our family got together about not having a driver's license until I got my driver's license, so. You know, I was thinking about that because I've watched this episode a bunch of times today and a thing that I was reading and listening to previously uh, was talking about how honesty without love is cruelty and it sounds like the honesty that they would say to Aunt Gail is lacking in that kind of love mm. and that it would just be cruelty so then rescuing her feelings is more compassionate than the cruelty that they would display for the enjoyment of her suffering that's fair i agree with that i think sometimes you know particularly in these cases like little lies aren't the end of the world it's not like they had to display the art forever it was a short period of time but i also feel like honesty is very good uh going back to gene who calls his dad pit stains being family means you never hold anything back i think it just also depends like if you have I don't know if I have a Gail in my family, someone who is maybe a little bit more sensitive. I'd say maybe I was when I was younger. I got really defensive. But now, like, for instance, I don't really care about my brother's opinion. So he can say whatever he wants to me. But I think particularly when it comes to passion projects, so like art, Gail probably spent a lot of time making that art. A lot of time, because there's a lot of paintings. Tearing her down kind of doesn't benefit anybody. Or at least they could frame it in a different way. I'm not a fan of this, but I've bought you these art classes so that maybe you can find different inspiration. Mm. Have you ever tried drawing the front of an animal? (laughs) (laughs) This is great. This is a great representation of an anus. I'd really like to see what you could do with a cat's face. That's what professionals are there for, to teach you different things. And maybe she just needs to find that muse elsewhere. And presenting it as a not the binary good bad but hey this is interesting here's some lessons i want to see what you can do with professional effort Mm, yeah yeah that's one way to go about it it wouldn't make for a very funny show though bob mentions that they can't criticize aunt gail they have to treat her like a mental patient while i just said that i don't think my family has one i do think families in general will have someone who is a little bit more sensitive which isn't necessarily a bad thing this was almost one of the trivia questions by the way which was what were the three supposed incidents of Gail being a mental patient that occurred. Do you remember what they are? I do. She ate a red lipstick because she wanted to feel red inside. (laughs) Yeah. She wore a suit made of live shrimp to mass. Yeah. And she shaved her cat. It was a dress out of live shrimp, but I would have given you a suit. None of them were true except the cat thing and the lipstick thing and the shrimp thing. It's good. That was a good line. I liked it. There was the flashes of visual (laughs) gags of all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the poor cat. 
This episode does so well with just like flashes of stuff. Of stuff, yeah. How many flashes of anuses do you think there are? Oh, there weren't flashes. There were full-on eyeballs. Just staring you right in the face. Like Mona Lisa's eyes following you around the room. We get to that joke. You In the background, you get to see some of the other stores along Ocean Drive. There was a couple that stood out for me. One was for Pete's Cakes, which I really liked. And your basest desires, which was like base store. Louise stands in front of a store and screams out that my kids could paint that at a, I think it was a boat. It was some sort of seaside painting that was $200. And you quickly see it gets sold outside they are joined quickly by miss mrs mrs edith cranwinkle who tries to wake up her husband harold by saying that there are poorly supervised children around i feel like all the screaming about the art was encouraged and started by bob oh for sure 100 percent. that edith cranwinkle is, is getting mad at louise is unfair she should definitely be targeting bob first well, Bob gets targeted by Harold. He waves his arms like a very intimidating bouncer. Tells them to keep it moving, chubs. <laughs> that was going to be another one trivia. Another trivia question was, what are all the names that Harold calls Bob? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And then he starts coughing and wheezing. Yeah. And then he calls Bob Fatsy. So we have chubs and Fatsy. And I think later on there's Chubsy. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, poor Harold. He's just an old man. Louise quickly chimes in that if Bob hit him, his hand would smell like ointment and pee. You 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 smell like ointment and pee, governor. Y'all smell like ointment and pee, you hear? Oh, I'm going to throw some shrimp on the barbie because you smell like ointment and pee. Oh, that's nice. I was going to do a Canadian accent, but we wouldn't say that. You smell like Ben Gay and Urine. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was cruel without love. I'm sorry, A. That was honesty without love. I am sorry. Mm. We find out that Harold and Edith run the store. Reflections. 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 Which Bob thinks is the name of a strip club. At least just the way that Louise says it. Um, they turn back around and are heading back to the restaurant where everyone is concerned about what Gail has painted. Tina chimes in, I just heard it was adorable animals. And then we are transfixed by the paintings of buttholes. Or, as someone might say, anuses. How much art would you endure from your family? None. That is incorrect. You have at least two pieces of art from your little nieces. Two. What I said. That's what I'm saying. That's how much I would endure. Mm. So if they gave you another one, you wouldn't put it up? No, of course. If my nieces give me anything, I'm going to put it up on my walls. So I'm hearing your endurance value for your niece's art is pretty high. Yeah, but if my brother made me something, I'd throw it in the garbage. Because it would probably be like camouflage and deer corpse. <laughs> my brother hunts. He's not a sociopath. He's a hunter. That is a good disclaimer. <laughs> but no, my brother is not a serial killer. He does not, I repeat, does not value his life based on the movie Deer Hunter. <laughs> my brother is not Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Only Deer Hannibal Lecter. That's because he writes letters to fictional characters. <laughs> Dear Hannibal Lecter, today I eat fava beans. And your liver. Though I burnt it because I used a coal barbecue. I tasted the heat 
and not the meat. That's why you gotta use propane. <laughs> we are way out of control. We oh, need yeah. we need to reel it back in, anus. So there Ding. are several paintings of anuses, including Ding. a fox, a rhino, a lion, a zebra, or a zebra, a zebra, a chicken, a horse, a rabbit, a pig a crow or a raven, a monkey, a bear, which is the one I think you think was a dog, a elephant, a mouse, a camel, and a kangaroo. Ooh, I hope this isn't one of the trivia questions. You just gave me all the answers. Ah, <laughs> you're so hilarious, Enos. It's interesting because we learn later on that Aunt Gail, well, I guess we already learned she has at least one cat that she shaved. Is it not strange that she doesn't have a cat butthole? Because those are the ones she probably has the most experience with. I could have sworn I saw a cat at some point. I don't think there's a cat. Not per Bob's Burgers Wikipedia and not from my very keen trivia eye. Maybe it's just a soon-to-be character development. Maybe. Maybe. Amos. Jean immediately climbs up onto one of the banquettes and starts spanking the monkey's butt and screaming bad monkey i'm spanking the monkey which i wouldn't expect any less from jean to be perfectly honest Mm -hmm. and tina is admiring the horse butt she is admiring the horse butt tina actually seems the least bothered of everybody and so you know this is obviously the continuation of her butt fascination you know i i feel like tina gets the most bothered when the spotlight is on her Mm. any other time she's just mellow tina just letting things wash over yeah she's just kind of hanging out doing her thing Mm -hmm. i think yeah i think she feels like she can actually do the things she likes when she's people aren't watching like for instance stare at a horse anus butt watching watching. like whale watching but butts hate to see that breach spray wow okay while they're all standing there and discussing a guy walks in and immediately leaves unsurprisingly bob tries to stop him yeah bob tries to lure him in but no no one wants to eat with one of these things staring at them bob and linda have a conversation about gail being fragile linda says she's not that fragile and immediately someone drops a fork and gail has an absolute fit over the fork bob doesn't want to be known as the anus restaurant for now yeah you know i i feel like gail has a lot of like imposed fragility Mm-hmm. Just for this episode, she is hyper-fragile and hypersensitive. but as the series continues and we get to know Gail more, she's more weird, chaotic, and passionate, and not jump-scare because of a fork. Yeah, that's true. There is some character development or slight character changes. I feel like we get that for most of the characters the longer the show goes on. Yeah, but it, it seems like she started out as a very two-note character and then builds up later on and kind of drops the hyper-fragile thing. She's still pretty sensitive, but like she's like the scent sensitive artist we get one of the greatest songs ever gene sings milk milk lemonade around the corner art is made uh which is a very subtle reference to an episode of will and grace which as i mentioned megan mullaly who plays gail used to be in and the original song is milk milk lemonade around the corner fudge is made should we make that a shirt you want the art one or the fudge one (laughs) can have a limited edition run i think we can do the art one can we put it can we put an animal anus on a t-shirt Sure. Yeah, okay, let's do it. We can probably cut and paste some anus art. Mm. 
Gross. Gail starts talking about where she got the inspiration for her installation. She was at the peak of a mountaintop when she sees a gopher pop out of its little hole and then turn upside down and splay his little hole. And it's all to a musical parody of Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. You know, I like this gag. It was very funny. I had a good laugh at just the seeking inspiration and then the music that was overlaid over top. Mm-hmm. And so, then it being about an anus. Yeah. It's good. We cut to the kids outside. Louise, Jean, and Tina. Louise makes a suggestion that they should make some art and sell it. Paint crap and we'll sell it. And we cut to 27 minutes later where Louise is freaking out because she asked them to paint commercial touristy crap. And instead they painted their passions and the truth. Jean paints the truth. The robots are coming. And Tina paints what she feels. Now, of course, the painting Jean made was of... Robot ninjas fighting vampire tape recorders in front of Stonehenge with his buddy Ken. A ninja robot fights a vampire tape recorder at Stonehenge. And Ken is also there. That's exactly what I said. No, it's not. What did I say? Playback. Uh, listeners, uh, if you can... (laughs) Tell me if I said something different or validate me. Please email. You said robot ninja. And what did you say? I said ninja ninja robot. robot. Listeners, whoever's right, please email us at ultimatetabletopnetwork at gmail.com. Or feel free to tweet us at license2, which is the number two grill podcast. The kids decided they want to be real artists. Louise insists that if they're going to paint what they feel or the truth, they need to actually be real artists. And if you want to be a real artist, then someone has to cut their ear off. Well, it can't be Tina. No, because she wears glasses. Jean is very gung-ho in the idea of losing an ear. Yep, Tina has some good zingers in this episode. Yes, we're getting to that. Actually, probably, to me, my favorite joke of the whole episode. We cut to Mort and Teddy in the restaurant with Bob. Teddy mentions that the anuses follow you around like Mona Lisa's eyes. Mort says that he likes them because anuses are the window to the butt. That is my quote of the day. Oh, they're like Mona Lisa's eyes. They follow you wherever you go. The anus is the window of the butt. My favorite part about that is Bob asks Mort if he would then hang them up in the crematorium. Mort says, absolutely not. Do you think I'm an idiot? Which I thought was cute. We cut to outside where Louise has fetched a serrated knife. It looks like a bread knife. And is um, going to cut Jean's ear off. He says, count to three, but do it on two. Louise mentions that it's going to hurt cutting through the cartilage. Gene starts chanting, Ninja Robot, Ninja Robot, to psych himself up, which I appreciate. Good job, Gene. And Tina says that she will put it on ice. Which is the nice sisterly thing to do. Why are they using a bread knife? At least use a cleaver. I mean, Bob used the cleaver last episode to shave, so you know it's got to be pretty sharp. Hacky hacky, but I guess maybe she thinks she has to saw it. And it made him look sharp. (laughs) Bob comes out and says that he has to get away from the anuses. And insert best joke of the entire episode. Tina says, you mean Morton Teddy? But I'm bunch. I had to get away from those anuses for a while. You mean Martin Teddy? No. Uh, 10 out of 10. Stellar joke. So good. Like, that is comedy. Blink your ears and you'll miss it. That is the comedy of the anus. Louise kind of foils her own plan. Because she's like, oh, there's no knife here. And Bob's like, knife? Why do you have a knife? Gene says he's going to become an artist like Leonardo DiCaprio. Which is fair. Leonardo DiCaprio is an artist in his own right as an actor. But has both ears. Fun fact, in 2005... 
Leo DiCaprio almost got his ear cut off when someone smashed a beer bottle and then tried to cut his head off with it. What movie is that? Real life. Wow, really? Yep. Okay, I did not know that. I definitely Googled it to find out why he would say Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, because it sounds like Vincent Van Gogh. It sounds more like Leonardo da Vinci. But I, that's that's good. That's a deep cut. Uh, Bob chuckles and is like, da Vinci? You mean da Vinci? No. And takes a knife away. Then Bob comes up with his most genius plan ever because he sees the kid's artwork. He says that the kid's art is like catnip to Linda and will cover up and replace the anuses. You know who loves your art? You? No. Your mother. <laughs> it's like catnip to, to, to Linda. Louise chimes in and says, that's real manipulative, Dad. I see where I get it. You should see my taxes. <laughs> Probably my second favorite joke of the episode. Pretty manipulative, Dad. I see where I get it. Thank you. You see my taxes. This is where Bob gets to check out the paintings. He sees the ninja robot fighting a vampire tape recorder at Stonehenge and asks who Ken is and then immediately tells Gene that he's not allowed to have a 28 year old albino friend. Yeah, there's a lot happening here that really needs to be sorted out by a parent. Yeah, well to be fair, Edith was kind of correct then, right? Saying that they were poorly supervised. Because <laughs> here we have Tina painting her dentist naked and Gene has a real slash imaginary friend named Ken who's an albino who does improvised hip hop. I love Ken. That's hip-hop. <laughs> Bob at least has the parenting skills or the parenting wherewithal to ask Tina if she's seen Dr. Yap naked. To which she says, no, it's... Um, artistic license. It's artistic licensing. <laughs> yeah, kids probably shouldn't be painting a dentist naked or having 28-year-old friends. No, but neither of those things are surprising considering what we know about Gene and Tina. No, I guess not. We do get to meet Dr. Yap in a future episode. And boy, can he yap, 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 yap. <laughs> you think that's why he's like a mouth doctor and it's about his name is Yap? Now I do. Oh, there you go. Linda and Gail return from lunch. Gail is ecstatic that the waiter seemed to have been hitting on her, but all of the indications that he was hitting on her sounds like he was just doing his job as a waiter, like talking about food and being attentive. Whatever. As all guys know, if someone uses your name and is saying hello, obviously flirting. Really? Well, that's how you attracted me. I never said your name. Anyway. <laughs> Awkward pause. You also never use my name. So does that mean you never flirt with me? I flirt with you in more intricate ways. Wow, that's probably hey family don't listen to this podcast anymore linda sort of placates to gail the whole kind of the whole time linda is ecstatic to see the kids art on the wall she says the wall is like a giant refrigerator which i thought was pretty cute gail is fragile right gail soul crushing line of the episode i know when i'm being lied to like when i look in the mirror and tell myself everything will be okay yikes wowza big downer for the episode uh, at that point bob wants to level with Gail. And to be fair, like I know we said that Bob was making fun of that other art along the art crawl. I don't think Bob would be super mean to Gail. I think the kids have less tact. I think not that Bob is like a master of tactfulness, but I do feel like he would try and put her down easy. Supportive honesty. Yeah. As he tries to level with Gail, Linda is obviously trying to distract and is thankfully saved by the arrival of Edith and Harold, who says that there have been murmurs and whispers about certain offensive orifices. I just like saying that. Certain offensive orifices. Offensive orifices. Yeah, they definitely come down to lay down the law. 
Lay down the law. Because, um, you know, Edith is the Grand Marshal chairman. <laughs> the boss lady of the art crawl. The Grand Madam. The president. She's not just the president. She's also an artist. Edith demands that the paintings be taken down. She insists because they are offensive orifices. In which case, Jean also chimes in and says, Offices! Orifices! Ah! You know, this is probably the first time that we get the hints that Jean has neurodivergence in a more clinical way. Mm-hmm. She, Edith doesn't yell that loud, but it scares Jean and he hides behind Bob. Harold. Harold yells orifices. Whoever that yells, Jean gets scared and hides behind Bob in a way that strikes me as neurodivergency. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I mean, they get into it further episodes anyway, but... They sure do. They sure do. Edith is glad that Bob agrees with her, which immediately activates Bob's absolute and uncontrollable stubbornness. It's like you can almost feel, you can feel it happening. Yeah, the episode would have ended right there if Edith had just said, huh, they're gone, and then went away. Yeah, if she just walked around and went, oh, I like what you've done with the place, and walked out, end of episode. Edith says that they can't display that kind of art here. Bob and her argue back and forth and says that she won't allow it. Bob says, why can't you, you, who are you to say what I can and can't hang in my restaurant? Bob's a rebel. Yeah, he really kind of like draws the line in the sand here, which is hilarious because he didn't want those paintings there. And so they have this like back and forth and back and forth. And Bob says he's going to hang them back up and he can do what he wants in his restaurant and no one's going to stop him. Gene and Linda are extremely happy. Gene immediately uh, opens up the closet. The butt closet? The butt closet. And if she wants to go in there, to which she is like, absolutely not. You know, the butt closet was also their bathroom. Was it the bathroom? Oh, I thought it was a separate closet. That's a good joke, too, because it's actually a butt closet. A butt water closet. An indoor outhouse. (laughs) Louise says, what's it going to take for you to get into this rhino's anus today? Harold exclaims, you are in violation of my wife, Bob, which I love. I just love. (laughs) There's something about that line that just tickles me. Everyone starts chanting anuses, or at least I've just written anuses and giant letters in my notes. To be fair, kids will chant for anything. It's true. Bob says that he wants to commission a new series of anus paintings that are bigger and more. There's only two instructions. Yeah. (laughs) He grabs a painting and chases Edith and Harold out by saying, I cast you out, which is like very exorcist of them. You know, looking at this episode and looking at the art that Gail has produced, aside from it being anus-based art, the paintings aren't very good. Yeah, they're pretty mid. There's so much out-of-lines drawing. There's absolutely no shading. There's just like there's a lot of chaos splatters yeah what do you think it means that she's new to painting and needs to take some lessons maybe that's part of the art maybe it invokes the chaos chaos of the anus gail looks at one of the paintings and says she feels like she could fall into this one which i also thought was a great line because you really shouldn't fall into an anus i mean i guess you could i guess i shouldn't yuck people's yums if you want to fall into an anus you know what you go right ahead and you enjoy yourself bob decrees that they are going to be the anus restaurant and there is a series of chants of anus Everyone. Everyone is chanting Bing. anus. Just anuses all up in here. I, I like the quick change of mind that he didn't want to be the anus restaurant Bing. two minutes ago. And now, you know what? Because someone tells me no, I'm going to do it. You like that. I like it as a funny concept for a TV. Yeah. Linda says it's a bunch, it's a crock of crap and that he's picked his pride and his himself and his dislike of Edith because he says, oh, I'm doing this to support Gail. <laughs> you just want to provoke her. It can be more than one thing. Yeah, it can always be more than one thing, can't it? And then we find Louise outside with Jean and Tina displaying their art roller skate guy comes by who i love roller skate guy says that the proportions of the dr yap painting are not correct and that he knows because he's getting adult braces 
Yeah, that's really honest to say to a kid. Yeah. But I do like that as soon as they start arguing, he has the ultimate ouch to any argument. I'm skating away now, bye! Bye! the benefit of being loud as I can also like I'm very, I'm very winded no very full of hot air I can breathe for a really long time your mutant ability is powerful lungs powerful lungs I actually got told that once we used to play rock band with a bunch of our friends and I could hold a note I'm not saying the right note but I could hold a note for a very long time Louise exclaims that she's going to drop Jean and Tina as artists and as siblings and she says take some art classes you wannabes there Fired, but it's a good thing because we get introduced to Andy and Ollie. And don't forget Red. Well, Red is forgettable because he changes his name and his clothes. Apparently, we never see him again. <laughs> uh, Louise says that they're going to play a game. The game is you guys paint what I say and I sell it. Andy asks if the winner gets to hug gets a hug from Ollie, and Andy says he can get a hug whenever he wants, and they hug. And for some reason, one of them says sugar. I guess because it's sweet. Andy and Ollie are weirdos, but I like them. You don't think they're weirdos? Oh, they're definitely weirdos. They're so weird. I can't wait until we get more into Wagstaff and get to meet all of the very colorful kids. I can't wait till we get to talk about Zeke. Zeke is one of my favorite characters in the show. Zeke is pretty great. Yeah, he's great. Louis says, let's paint shells and sunsets and crap. The kids go, yay. You know, I would buy Tina and Jean's art well before I bought any of this shell art nonsense. It's true. But also, do you know how much like places like HomeSense and Michaels and Winners and like various equivalent in other countries sell art like pre-framed mass fabricated art? Do you know how many people have Live, Laugh, Love in their bathroom? Oh, so many. Yeah. Or home is where the family is or something like that. And so shells and sunsets and crap all kind of fall into that. I also would rather have a vampire tape recorder fighting a ninja robot at Stonehenge with an albino kid floating in the background. Sorry, an albino adult man yeah. floating in the background. I don't I don't know if I would hang a picture of naked Dr. Yap. If I was doing the trivia today, you know what one of my questions would have been? What? What pieces of art have Tina and Jean done that you can see when they're fired from the art stand? That's rough, buddy. There's a tank. There is another robot painting. I'm going to assume it's the same one. No, it's a different one. Okay. I don't know what the other ones are. Does Tina do a horse? Is there a horse painting? That's bizarre. Zombies? There's no zombies. There's no horse. Tina, what the fuck are you doing? There is Dr. Yap. Yeah. A ninja robot. Okay. A samurai. Uh-huh. A tank. Pink birds, which oh. I think were supposed to be flamingos, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of like phoenix looking birds. And a battleship. Okay. But I think that was also supposed to be Pearl Harbor because there was a plane flying into it. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's weird that there wasn't a horse or a zombie. I guess Tina wasn't feeling it that day. She was too enthralled by the horse butt. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe she, she may, maybe she didn't feel like she could compare. Oh. Maybe she didn't think she could rise to Gail's level of 
horse butt. Uh, Edith and Harold show up outside of the restaurant as Bob is hanging the larger elephant painting in the window. She exclaims that it's not approved by the Art Crawl Association. It's obscene and needs to be taken down immediately. Bob says it's going to be a permanent installation now. Yeah, he didn't even discuss that with Linda first. Nope. Edith says you'll regret this. They have a very confusing determination (laughs) of whether it's a threat or not. Well, this back and forth is actually fantastic. Edith says you'll regret this, Bob. Bob asks if she's threatening him. If I threaten you, you'll know it. And then Harold chimes in, yeah, when she threatens you, you'll know it. And then Bob goes, is that a threat? And she goes, you bet it is. And Bob goes, is that supposed to scare me? And Harold chimes in and goes, definitely. <laughs> yes. And then continues to cough. You know, we get good guy Bob here. Yep. Where he offers Harold a drink of water, even though they just had a scrambly fight. To be fair, the worst Harold has done is called him Chubbs, Chubbsy, Fatsy, and Bob. And, and done like spaghetti arms at him to shoo him away. Like if the roles were reversed, Bob would defend Linda with the same passion and fervor that Harold does Edith. Yeah, but I don't think Harold and Edith would offer sustenance. Oh no, they absolutely would not. Harold might. Edith would a thousand percent not. Edith is go- would watch Bob die on the street. Because I'm an Edith. I'm just kidding. She's all about the streets. Oh, you gotta live on the streets. Particularly in her, like, sea foam tracksuit. Basically a German mafia guy <laughs> she's a bro bro would you like some water bro 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 he would never drink your water i really need some he's fine you're fine he'd rather die he's like crawling on the floor trying to lick the water after it's been knocked out of bob's hand i mean we know that harold survives which is good harold is still with us yep but who knows who knows what would have happened to poor harold poor sweet unlovable <laughs> Nah, Harold's cool. He's cool beans. Uh, We cut to the next day. And all of paintings have been painted with pink panties. That's a good alliteration. Paintings paintings painted with pink panties. Permanently. Prestigiously. Bob immediately assumes it is Edith. Linda tells Gail and Bob, because they're both quite irate, to not to go off the deep end and that Gail should be flattered because all the great painters get censored. All the good ones. Mm-hmm. And let's just put this behind us because that's not suspicious at all, Linda. Not suspicious at all. Don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. Oh, don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. We cut to Louise, Andy, and Ollie. One of them exclaims, because I cannot tell them apart, exclaims that their hand is cramping. The other one says that they ate too much glue. <laughs> Louise tells them, tells her sweet babies because she calls them her babies, make money for mommy. I'm pretty sure this is some kind of reference to prostitution. Yeah. In a pro- some kind of movie. Yeah, probably. I would not be surprised. Also, $20 for shell art? Get the heck out of here. You think that's too much? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, to be real, let's be real. This is printer paper, although we didn't see the um, perforated edges from what kind of printer? A dot matrix printer. Dot matrix printer from the... The basement of Bob. Third episode. That's yeah. Sacred Cow, yeah. From the third episode. And so it's probably that and just glue and then whatever they find on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't pay $20 for that. <laughs> but if you were paying, are you paying for the art or are you paying to support the poor deformed orphans, as Louise likes to tell people? Oh my god, I forgot about the poor deformed orphans. <laughs> yeah. And so someone, of course, buys it. And this is where we find out that Red, his real name is Devin Mick something because Louise cuts him off and says, I don't need to know your name. I don't care. Louise is rude. It's kind of like a little painting sweatshop on the on Ocean Drive. Bob decides to confront Edith. 
So he marches down to reflections. 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 Edith states, well, well, if it isn't the town pornographer. And Bob tells her that she's vandalized his stuff and have you no shame. Jean and Tina are there, to which Bob is surprised and asks them what they're doing there. And they answer that they're honing their craft. Which is what Louise told them to do. And Louise states, good luck polishing a turd. Can't even appreciate the fact that they're making the effort. But I appreciate that Edith is a good teacher and has her doors open to anybody who appreciates art. I did like that also. I did like that. Bob gets extremely upset. Takes his vengeance out on every painting in the store. Every painting in the store. He puts a, as far as Harold is concerned, just a black dot. Just on the first one. The rest of them look real puckery. Yeah, because he like really splats that paintbrush in. Which hurts my soul, really, because that is a terrible abuse of a paintbrush. Yeah, it's not great. Definitely destroyed a paintbrush. I mean, and also about eight paintings, nine paintings. He destroys a farmhouse painting, a painting of a sunset, lighthouse, bowl of fruit, a ship or sailboat, a mountain landscape a jug or a decanter, and also destroys the paintings his two kids have been working on. Use the brown. Use the brown. That was... Use the brown. Use the brown. That was a great line. That was a great line. So another painting of Dr. Yap and Ken, a portrait of Ken, destroyed. Tina says, as, as Bob is going at it, Tina whispers to herself, this is what, this is what God must feel like. Tina with the zingers. Right? Yeah. They return to the restaurant. Mm, and the restaurant where Bob makes his burgers? Yes, they return to Bob's burgers. The re-re-re-re-re-reopening. Where Bob exclaims that he got justice. He gets to tell Gail that he stood up for her. And he is promptly arrested by Officer Julia. Not before he has like this deranged laugh. That's true. He does laugh maniacally. Oh yeah, just so hard. It's like the animation form, his eyes get all cross-eyed and he's like... <laughs> Evil mastermind laugh. Yep. And then, yeah, you hear the clinking of handcuffs, and it's Officer Julia and Officer Cliffany from the Dinner Theater episode. Officer Cliffany, also voiced by Bob's Burgers, Bob? Nope. No? Officer Cliffany is voiced by Sam uh, Cedar, who does Hugo and Harold. And Officer Julia is done by Jerry Minor. H. John Benjamin does not do a voice in this. It's not those characters. Oh, that's where he was. Nope. I don't know where you got that from, but you are incorrect. So Bob is full on in handcuffs? Yeah, Bob's like full on being arrested for anally defacing Edith. This property property anally defacing edith doubles Beep. down and says that she's not responsible for the panties and she likes the new direction and wish that she could take credit for it bob says he's going to take her to court and wants to press charges against her for painting the panties the cops are very confused so yeah the cops are confused someone asks if bob is going to jail to which all of the kids chime in tina says i'll wait for you gene says that he hopes his dad is a blonde <laughs> and louise reminds bob not to tell Tell people what he's in for. I'm not sure how the reception would be in jail for him anally defacing Bing. property. Well, if Banksy is anything to go by, he'd be a hero. You think? No. At this point, Linda confesses. Linda was very suspicious. She says that the anuses were haunting her Bing. in her sleep. And we cut to what I think is a great parody of the pink elephants on parade from Dumbo, which is just a lot of butts. Oh, yeah. Uh, the most 
horrible of things I think that come from that particular part is the monkey butt that turns around and is just more monkey butt. That made me really uncomfortable. I didn't like that they inflated until they took up the entire screen and exploded. Yeah, that's fair. No one likes an exploding anus. Bing! <laughs> Sorry. Look, I didn't make an episode about anuses. Bob's Burgers made an episode about an- anuses. I'm just here to tell jokes. Linda says that she did support Gail until she could find a way to destroy her art while preserving her feelings and blaming someone else. That definitely sounds like a prescription for a people pleaser. Jean immediately recognizes the panties to be Linda's. How would you know? Because she's always parading around the house in them. We haven't seen that so far, so that sounds like a far-fetched Jeanism. Yeah. I mean, you'd see their panties and laundry and stuff. Edith says there's been a thousand dollars of damage. Linda offers to pay $200 from a checkbook where Bob exclaims they haven't sold a single burger that week. They're not hitting 200000 anytime soon. <laughs> right? Twitch Louise offers to pay. Where'd you get all that money? Shut your mouth, it's art crawl. But what about the... Is it, what about the... Shut your mouth, it's art crawl. What? what shut your mouth, it's art crawl. Shut your beautiful mouth. Just shut your mouth. Shut, shut our girls. Edith says, let's get out of this ass parlor. It stinks. Great joke. Yeah. Louise has so much money. Yeah. She, like, pa- she pays the $200 and she's still got a wad. Louise Republican watch. Mathematically, she would have, for the $200, she would have had to sell 10 of Andy and Ollie and other kids' paintings. Plus she had another wad. You'd guess maybe 25, 30 paintings? Maybe? If the wad was mostly ones. Who pays for a $20 painting in ones? Monsters. <laughs> not paying for it in loonies. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just be like, clunk. Make it hail. <laughs> Here is my money, sir. I have much gold. They talk about honesty, uh, how Louise is so honest and the family, I guess the family in general is so honest that everyone has become desensitized. Louise says that Tina has bad breath, to which Tina says, not if you like fish. She remembers the day that Jean got fat. Yeah, he remembers the exact ice cream sandwich and he regrets nothing. They all seem to decide that they're going to be honest with Gail. Yes, they all agree. Honesty is the best policy. And then Gail comes upstairs and Gail is about to uncover her newest painting. She put pants on the animal and also pendulous breasts. Huge pendulous breasts. Massive titties. Just enormous jiggly bits. Gantuan gazongas. Just a big old mountain of mommy milkers. And as she reveals the paintings, everyone immediately starts chiming in that it's great. Oh, these are the best. These are so much better than the other paintings. Great job. And she hands them to and goes down to paint more. To which Linda is very happy that the family spared Gail's feelings and gives them a body crushing hug. All that mom strength. Linda with her soul crushing mom strength, squeezing everybody lovingly. And then we cut to the end credits. Where we get a butts are beautiful ending song. Butts, butts, butts are beautiful. Butts, butts, butts. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was a good song. I liked it. Catchy. Buttacular. Butterific. Robot voice. Oh, you know what that sound means. It is trivia time. Beep, beep, boop, boop, pew, pew. That is the noise we just heard. Thank you. (laughs) 
As everyone knows, our trivia has been going on since episode one. Right now, I am way, way behind. You can check our podcast notes for how far behind your dang self. You sure you don't want to remind us? I'm sure. I'd really like to hear it. You are at 25 <laughs> points and I am way less. <laughs> how many less? Like 10 less. Oh, I don't have double your points yet? Not yet, but soon. I feel like I'm tossing you some softballs this episode. Oh, we'll see. This episode was complicated. So, anybody who's been listening knows we start out with three questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. Mm -hmm. Easy questions worth one, medium's worth two, hard is worth three. We add up all of our points at the end of the season. We will come up with some kind of prize or something at that point. It is my partner and webmistress's turn. Kim, please take it away. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. How many times did you watch the episode? Today or uh, in general? In general. Four. Okay, I just want you to know that I only watched it 1.25 times. So if I don't get this, it's even more embarrassing? Pretty much. Awesome. All right. Question numero uno. And it's a softball, my dude. Name 10 animal anuses you see in the episode. There are 17 total. 10? I need 10 for a one-point question? You literally see them for half of the episode. Oh my goodness. All right, I've got in my brain some kind of rat or possibly mouse. It had a weird gray tail. Okay, I'll give you that. Elephant. Yep. Camel. Yep. A crow or raven. Yep. A pig. Yep. There's a dog. Nope. There definitely is. There's There's not a dog. I'll point it out to you later. Uh, It's a kangaroo is what you're thinking of. No, no, that's a different one. Okay, well, I just gave you one, so there you go. Fantastic. So fox, kangaroo, rhinoceros, horse, and chicken. That is correct. Yeah. There is not a dog though. Fox, rhino, elephant, rabbit, mouse, horse, pig, crow, chicken, camel, monkey, gopher, which is you see in her like daydreamy memory of getting the inspiration. Bear, kangaroo, lion, zebra, elephant part two, because there's a larger elephant that he puts in the window. And then Linda sees a giraffe in her dreams. Would you say that is bigger and more? Yes. A bigger and more anus. That is one point. Good job. Question numero dos or two. Who is Ken? And what are his four traits, qualities, or characteristics? Uh, Ken is Jean's friend who is albino. One. He's 28. Two. He does freestyle hip hop. I'll give that to you. It's improvised hip hop. And he appears on Jean's painting and is not imagined. He is real. I will give that to you. There you go. Two points. Yeah. Very good. He actually appears in two paintings. You don't see the second one. Okay. Last but not least. Four, three big points. Name five of the nine that paintings that Bob anuses. Uh, the new painting with Keith or Ken. I can't remember his name. At the yeah, I, I just gave you that one, so you're welcome. <laughs> Dr. Yap. Yep. A fruit bowl. Yep. A lighthouse. Yep. A sunset. Yep. If you give me the four others, I'll give you a bonus point. Sailboat. Correct. Three more. That's all I got. Okay, so you're missing three. Okay, hit me. Farmhouse. Oh. Mountainscape. Yep. Jug or decanter. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I wasn't going to get those. <laughs> well, you just got six points. You're welcome. Yep. Red hot six points. That brings me closer, but in no way am I matching your lead yet. I know. It's depressing, though. I have to ask you a harder question. Is it depressing? You should be way excited that I can't catch up to you right now. I want to be further ahead. I take trivia extremely seriously. Oh, is that why we keep getting kicked out of pub trivia nights? <laughs> we don't go to pub trivia trivia nights but we probably would get kicked out of pub trivia nights if we went i would fight people (laughs) i would argue awesome good job thank you thank you do you know how many times they say the word anus in the episode i'm gonna say 37 the answer is a lot 
<laughs> I wanted to go back and watch it again and count, but then I decided that recording would be better so that I could go to bed on time. Makes sense. Yeah. I will probably go I will probably rewatch this episode later and get that count and insert it right here. Number of anuses. Bing. Dude. This episode features anuses. Bing. <laughs> Painted, painted real or imaginary. <laughs> 37 times that we hear the word anus. It's way more than that because they chant anus multiple Bing. times. Those kids will chant anything. Do you also count orifice as anus? Bing. No. Okay, so just That's strictly the four-letter word. Anus, 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 anus. One of my favorite drag queens has an album called Anus. Bing. Wow. Yeah, well, so the drag queen's name is about as obscene as the word anus. Her name is Alaska Thunder 5000. She was the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 2. Alaska Thunder 5000 and her album's name is Anus Bing. or Anus. Bing. Bing. <laughs> You're Canadian. Anus, eh? Is there any exclamation point at the end of that? <laughs> no. Or it can be uh, Midwestern and be Anus, don't Bing. you know? gotta get ourselves one of those anus salads that's the honor of the queen give me an a give me an n give me a u give me a s-s-s. what does that spell anus it's an anus don't you know and now it is time for the burger of the day as you all know, for anybody who's been listening to this podcast up to this point, we have a 20-point review process, five points per category. We'll add them up and give our individual total scores at the end. The five categories are umami, which is savoriness, mouthfeel, emotional resonance, and reeatability. The burger of the day today, we made the Poblano Picasso burger. Which is obviously a play on Pablo Picasso, the artist, because it's called the Art Crawl episode. There's also two other burgers that are mentioned in the episode. One, if you blink or if you shout the word anus, you would miss it. It's harkening back from a previous episode. They use new baconings again. When Bob is putting up the elephant anus painting, there's a flash. It's literally, like I said, the blink of an anus, it's gone. There's also Salvador Cali flower burger, which is an obvious little reference to Salvador Dali, another painter. Both of these burgers, or at least the two painter-related ones, are clearly referenced to the plot of Linda's sister displaying her art in the shop. Yes. Art so, episode, art burgers. Mm-hmm. So for the Pablo Picasso burger, I started out pretty basic. The Bob's Burger Burger of the Day cookbook had it a very intricate and complicated burger made, but I don't have a food processor because I broke the last one trying to do plant stuff and haven't replaced it. So I did a couple of shortcuts on this one. To be fair, you bought us a waffle maker instead. That was the trade-off. I did a couple of shortcuts on this one. Uh, I started with the basic patty, garlic powder, breadcrumbs, egg, beef. I mixed in a handful of white onions and jalapeno peppers and then put it in the oven for 380 at 10 minutes on each side. A little salt, a little pepper on each clip. And for the last few minutes, I put on pepper jack cheese on top so it would be nice and melty when we took it out. It was very melty. Mm-hmm. After that, I used salsa verde which is pretty tasty and mixed in again some more onions and jalapeno peppers into that or I spread that on the bun so the build would have been bun salsa verde onions and jalapenos lettuce pepper jack cheese spicy burger patty bun on the bottom and for the review 
Let's start off with the first category, umami. How savory was this burger to you? I am going to give it a four. A four for savoriness? Yeah, I wow. like the spicy. I liked the cheese. I just felt like it needed something else. I'm trying to think of what it was. I was kind of thinking of like a red relish, almost like a sweet relish. It needed something, maybe ketchup, something. It So that's why it's only a four. Four sounds about right. It was a tasty patty at the very least. Mm. If you want to try some of these burgers from the cookbook, you can check the description of the podcast for our link to the cookbook itself. A lot of the recipes there are fantastic. So far, there's definitely been a couple good ones. On the next category of mouthfeel, I can speak to that, but I feel like it was very good in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but the patty was quite tender. The salsa wasn't a big standout. I feel like it could have done with less lettuce. But other than that, I'd say it's a solid four as well for the mouthfeel. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a four. I feel like the patty was cooked. Maybe it's because you put the cheese on after. So it was cooked a little bit longer, which is the way that I like it. I did raise the temperature on that to 380 instead of 350. It made a difference. Mm. The patty was better in my mouth. I felt like it held together better too. I did like the salsa verde. I did like the jalapenos. I'm not a huge onion fan just because it usually gives me rumblies, but so far so good. And how about emotional resonance? Was there any feelings that came with this burger? Mild annoyance because Pablo Picasso was a dickhead. I mean, just Google him. He's not a great dude. To be fair, neither is Salvador Dali. They're not good dudes. So it, it did sort of raise in my brain that he's junk, but the burger was not junk. So would you call that like a level four feeling? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four because it's like art, right? Art is about how it's supposed to make you feel something, whether it's good or bad. I'm gonna go with a little bit less. My family did a lot of spicy foods growing up and this was fairly mild in comparison. It didn't have the, the flavors that would have harkened back to the family days, but it was similar. I do want to give a shout out to the French fries. The French fries were very tasty. Oh, I forgot to mention the French fries. Yes, the French fries were also cooked with a smattering of onions and jalapenos in our sweet, sweet air fryer. Air fryers are literally the best thing ever. As for reeditability, I probably wouldn't make this one for myself again, but if it was made for me, I would definitely eat it. So I'm going to go with a three for that. I'm going to give it a three too. I feel like if we could figure out what the missing piece was, maybe bacon, maybe it needed like maybe another texture. But if I could figure out what that little missing puzzle piece was, I, I would I would have given it a five. Could it have been pickles? Maybe. I don't think every hamburger needs pickles though. I'm going to, I'll give it, I'm also going to give it a three. It's, okay. it's, it's probably my top three favorite burgers. It's probably three but it's up there. You know what? These points really give weight to that statement. Yep. You're sitting at a red hot 15 for yours and I've got a 14 on mine. So solid. Yep. It's a solid burger. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Lessons to Grill brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for one of my favorite episodes, season one, episode nine, spaghetti, western, and meatballs. If you want to cook up some burgers of the day yourself, please check out the link in our podcast description. And Kim, do you have anything you want to shout out? Nope. I'm just kidding. We have a link tree, which will be in the podcast description. It has a link to our Facebook group, our Instagram, our Twitter, and our store. It's a little premature, but I like designing things. So get yourself some cool stuff. If you want your very own Bun Buddy shirt, check out the store. Yeah, it's pretty cute. And with that, good night, all my Bun Buddies. Anus. Bing. The anus is the window of the butt.